With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. This is a Thursday. It's hour one, Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. Stay as long as you can. You can listen a variety of ways. You can watch on Peacock. You can download the app. Watch for free. You can listen on the radio affiliates around the country, numbering nearly 400. That includes Fox Sports Radio, iHeart Radio. We have a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that coming up. Joe LaCava, who is the caddy for Tiger Woods, will join us coming up next hour. Get his thoughts on that emotional British Open and walking up the 18th with Tiger. Uh, what kind of odds did he think they had to win that when they started? And when did he get the feeling that Tiger was pretty much there as just a ceremonial golfer? So Joe will join us coming up a little bit later on. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Stat of the day, always brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. A lot of great t-shirts, pennies, bang, biscuits. Go to danpatrick.com and go to town. Have fun. A lot of sales going on there as well, but uh, you start with uh, danpatrick.com. James Harden took a lot of heat over the last couple of months, the all-star Looked out of shape during the season. Performance in the playoffs, underwhelming. And he was a free agent in the offseason. He ended that yesterday. He agreed to a two-year, $68 million contract. And really, this is a one-year deal. The way I look at it, it's a one-year deal. And I know a lot of people have looked at this, the analyst, and say, well, he's helping out the 76ers. You know how you could help out the 76ers? Show up in shape. I, the money, great. Who are you going to go get? Because you're going to save them money. Who are you bringing in? I want you in shape. You're 32. He's going to be 33 before the season starts. You're the third option now, in my opinion, behind Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. Now what are you going to do? Because has anybody been affected more by a rule change than James Harden? I can't draw those cheap fouls anymore. And he doesn't have that explosive step. I mean, this has really slowed him down and made him, you know, a good player. But he's not that guy who's going to get you 30 a night. So he turned down a $47 million player option with the 76ers. He's still getting just $33 million next season. And a lot of people have accused Harden of being self-serving. He's a three-time scoring champ, but... The extra cash may allow the Sixers to continue to fill out that roster. And got to factor in, Celtics got better in the offseason. Miami's not done, or at least they're still trying to get Kevin Durant. You know Milwaukee's going to be there again. You got to keep up with everybody. And the Sixers are a good team, uh, potentially a very good team. Do I think they're better than the Celtics and the Heat? 
and the Bucks, I don't. But James Harden, show up in shape. A hometown, uh, hometown discount is nice, but I'd rather you uh, push yourself away from the hometown buffet and come in and oh. shake. Okay. Hometown Buffet. Uh, yes. You sponsor? Yeah. All right. I've been to Hometown uh, Buffet. Really? Yes, I have. What's the story there? I've seen the commercials. Uh, you just go in in your hometown and have a buffet. <laughs> That's it. You can go nuts in there, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah. It's weird when you go to a buffet because you almost feel obligated to eat more. I don't know what it is where you go, sure, Jello, a couple of scoops there. Like there's stuff that you have that you would never have. Yes, Tony. Not just eat more, the kinds of combination of things that you end up throwing on your plate where you got like a steak and pudding next to it or something like that. It just gets really weird. You're an expert on I this. Sure yes, you are. Like a chicken with a slice of pizza on top of mashed potatoes. What's happening over there? Five minutes into the show, and Fritzy is, is helping us. We appreciate that. This is early for you. Yeah. Yes, wow. Paul. There was this place in Chicago back in the day called Shakey's Pizza, and you walked in. It was like a pizza buffet. So you know how you order pizza, you can get your toppings. This had like eight different pizzas, so you could get a couple of pepperoni, a couple of sausages. They should do more of that. Yes, he. You ever been to one of those restaurants? I think there's like some sushi places, but there you sit down at the bar and things just go by you yes, on a conveyor, conveyor belt, belt, and you just take them off. Yes, you've been to one. Of, I've never yes. been to that. I went to one in New York. I think it was called East, and I, we would take our kids there. And it was fascinating because it would just come by on it, just kept coming around on a conveyor belt. So I was with um, somebody who, a notable actor, and I said, uh, Hey, I got this great place because we were in New York. And I thought, Wow, this would be fun. Take this person, go have sushi. We get over there, it had been closed down, like health code violations <laughs> or something. I went, Oh. Um, no, I don't think this is it. And then he goes, what well, says, you know, the name up there? I go, no, nah, different location. I'm thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Paul. There used to be a place, you may have heard of this dance, but before your time as well, in the 50s, called Automat. And mm. especially in New York, they would have conveyor belts with food, and then they had an area where, like, a wall of refrigerated areas, and you go and get your hamburger or cheeseburger so there's no waiters or waitresses. Also, you eat far more sushi when it's on a conveyor belt because you're going, oh, that looks pretty good. I mean, it, it's really ingenious when you think about it. It's like we're going to put it on there, and it travels around, and uh, you see something, you go, hmm, I'll try that. You just take it off the plate, and then they come back at the end, and then they just tabulate the, uh, the color of your plate. That tells you how much that piece of sushi was yeah Paul. do you remember that place we went to around the super bowl call it was like a beer place in venice california where you got a little chip and a glass and you went and there's like 30 oh, beers yes. yes and you just you could sample a beer you could pour a pull, full pint beach and brew beach I and brew was. beach and brew yeah that was right down the street from uh, venice beach that was good yeah you got that little bracelet and yeah. then it was like oh we're drinking for free <laughs> let's go i know that's what it felt like i asked him to put a chip in me for future <laughs> visits yeah. and they had all of these taps they even had wine up there and then all you do is you show your bracelet there and then all of a sudden it allowed you to do a pour and then you pay at the end it's great yeah it's wonderful yeah until i got the bill at the very end i went man <laughs> oh. damn you guys you guys drank a lot of beer there just 37 hazy IPAs. What the hell? <laughs> That's fun time. And Fritzy goes, uh, they don't have Mountain Dew tap here. I got bummed about that, but I tried a couple of the beers. Yeah, you did. I get excited about the frozen yogurt places when you can kind of do the same thing with like 20 different flavors of ice cream and yogurt. <laughs> and you're throwing M&Ms and peanut butter cups on it. And all of a sudden you want to know why it's 3612 for your cup that they're weighing. Wait, is it unlimited yogurt? Oh, yeah, you, you put as much as you want in this cup, but then you have to pay for it. They oh, weigh oh, it, oh. and they, whatever toppings you add, and you fill everything up, and the next thing you know, it's like 33 bucks. That's where they get you when, they, when you weigh it. Oh, you got to yeah. put it on the scale. Oh, yeah. crap. Yeah. Shouldn't have put so many gummy bears on there. <laughs> Shouldn't they weigh you before you go in and then weigh you after? <laughs> and, and what if you guessed your weight, or, or they guessed your weight, or something where you had, I don't know. That would be a fun there. game. You get like 20% off or something. Uh, we could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards. We could talk about how, with Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. And that's amazing. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Watch uh, some of the ESPYs last night. Uh, Maura Mant, uh, who passed away a couple of years ago, she was a brilliant producer. 
with the ESPYs. And, and she changed sort of the structure, the feeling, the tone of the ESPYs. And every time I watch, I, I can't help but think of what she meant to that show because she would get Aaron Rodgers, she would get Peyton Manning, she could call up anybody, and they would, they would show up at the ESPYs. Peyton was there. We had a, a memorial for um, Maura Mant in New York, and Peyton came in. It was on a Monday night. He had to do the Monday night broadcast, the Manning cast, and he came in and gave a speech, uh, you know, a, a eulogy for Maura Mant. But watching last night, uh, there's some fun moments there. They do a great job when they look at the serious side of sports or who they're honoring, the Pat Tillman Award last night. And uh, I thought Steph Curry did a good job there. You know, that's a tall task. Um, you know, the thing that's tricky when you're delivering jokes is the delivery. And Steph Curry's not used to a delivery where you sort of milk it a little bit and then you deliver the hammer there. Now, Steph sort of got that delivery. It's a little bit more like that. Where you gotta you gotta step it up if you're gonna land the punch there. This is what he had to say about LeBron James. LeBron James, he hosted the, uh, this award show back in 2007 after losing in the NBA Finals. <laughs> so yes, uh, you guessed it. This uh, this feels better. This feels better. Yeah. Held up his championship ring. I like that. Yeah, Paul. There's not even any joke with that joke. That's just saying, like, <laughs> he, he lost, I won, and I'm here. <laughs> he had this to say about the Lakers last night. Super Bowl champions. I know that sounds great. I know that sounds great. Uh, it, was, it was so inspiring watching y'all play, watching y'all win a Super Bowl, watching y'all Oh, wait. Y'all no, no, no. That, that's Tom Brady. I need the uh, where he makes fun of the Lakers. No, that is the the punchline is at the end. Oh, I thought that this was Brady. So that, okay, here you, we go. Do you want the Brady one or the Lakers? No, we'll do the Lakers one. My bad. Super Bowl champions. I know that sounds great. I know that sounds great. Uh, it was it was so inspiring watching y'all play, watching y'all win a Super Bowl, watching y'all celebrate, and it's just inspiring to see that strategy of you know buying old superstars pay off for a local team around here. Okay. That's a big windup. Yeah, that yeah, that, that was a big windup. Maybe not a fastball. I see why you thought it was a different joke. Yeah. <laughs> what if you were to follow up again? I was trying to tell you that the Lakers are no good. Yeah. You know, they got they got Ross. Let me explain this to you. You got Ross, they got LeBron. Never mind. How about that Tom Brady and why he came back to football? After celebrating three kids' birthdays in two weeks. I finally understand why Tom Brady keeps coming back to work. <laughs> Relaxation sometimes is exhausting. So uh, Tom Brady, speaking of, he's, he's the only guy I know on earth who'd rather get hit by Aaron Donald than hang out with a supermodel. <laughs> we all make choices. Sometimes you don't understand some of them. So. All right. So uh, the ESPYs last night, it's all over. Now baseball starts, second half of the season. Jimmy Garoppolo is allowed to seek a trade. Now, keep this in mind. Jimmy Garoppolo and his agent have been working on seeking a trade. They had to get official clearance, medical clearance, and it feels like you know the timing as they go into training camp, getting ready to start training camp. What's the market for Jimmy Garoppolo? We'll take a break. We'll talk about this. What are the possible landing spots for Jimmy Garoppolo? Because you know what? As people always remind me, hey, Dan, all he does is win. Does all he does is win on good teams? Does he win or do the teams win? I mean, you played for the Niners, good team. Played for the Patriots, good team. All he does is win. Okay. Well, then there should be a lot of teams that want a guy who all he does is win. Coming off the shoulder surgery, boy, that is really tricky. And it feels like, and if anybody's ever had shoulder surgery, you know what I'm talking about, that just getting back to whatever is normal is hard for the regular person. And going through rehab, uh, now you have a quarterback trying to do that and being able to be better or as good as you were, 
And that's why it's always tricky. When it comes to a quarterback having shoulder surgery, that's not like, hey, I'm going in for knee surgery. That's, that's not like any other surgery for a quarterback. The shoulder, they have not mastered that at all. The Buccaneers got a tight end, a new tight end, and it's Kyle Rudolph. I love the move. He's 32. The guy scores touchdowns. He doesn't drop balls. Great in the red, red zone. And uh, we're also finding out how much Germany loves football. We'll talk about that coming up as well. Settle on a poll question. Your phone call is always welcome. We're back after this Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what? Too is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I even mean? thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love pick six. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS, all in one app with one password. 
Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. Seton's responsibility today, well, amongst other things, coming up with a poll question. Do you have one, Seton? I do. Actually, Paul is always great about sending in some poll questions, too. Oh, okay. Here's one from him. Uh, The 49ers won a lot because of Jimmy Garoppolo or with Jimmy Garoppolo? Hmm. Okay, Paulie would like to explain. I notice a lot of sports shows saying, Jimmy Garoppolo, all he does is win. All he does is win. his, His record in the regular season is this and this, blah, 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 blah. It feels like he had a very talented 49ers team around him, but great defense, a good running game, good right. receivers, et cetera, et cetera. Is he the reason they win, or is he on the team that, and he plays nicely and they win? Well, why don't we test this? Why don't we put him on the Lions and see if all he does is win? Yeah, do they, are they now 7-10 uh, and ten instead of? Uh, regular season quarterback rating of just under 99. TD to interception ratio, 71 touchdowns, 38 interceptions. Those are really good numbers. Postseason, quarterback rating, 74. Touchdown to interception ratio is four touchdowns, six interceptions. All each stat of the day, stat of the day, that stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? stat of the day. Top. I don't know if Pro Football Focus or Fox or the Mothership have stats on who were the best three-quarter quarterbacks in the NFL and then the best fourth quarter. You know, we, we do focus on the fourth quarter, but it feels like there are a lot of really good quarterbacks or quarterbacks who are really good the first three quarters of a game, and then you get to the fourth quarter. Russell Wilson, famously, like first three quarters, seems like he's pedestrian. Fourth quarter, it's like, Russ, how about some magic? Why don't you start cooking here? How many guys do you look at? Now, I'll just say fourth quarter because two minutes to go, ball in their hands. Who do you look at and you go, "Uh uh-oh, we're done. You know, Tom Brady, you start with him. Russell Wilson is on that short list. Josh Allen is getting there. Aaron Rodgers, you would put on that list. Mahomes you're going to put on there? Like they, it feels like there's a group of about seven quarterbacks where you go, I feel really comfortable with that quarterback. Now, you may not feel the same about Aaron Rodgers' fourth quarter or final drive in the playoffs, but the other quarterbacks, I feel pretty confident. I've said all along that when I watch Russell Wilson, and I'll go back to the Super Bowl against the Patriots, he was the best player on the field. They lost that game when he threw the interception. But up until that point, I didn't think the Patriots had any any idea how to stop him. He was that good. Uh, Brady, obviously, is still doing it at a very high level. I mentioned that they have signed uh, Kyle Rudolph. Rudolph is going to sign a one-year deal. Now, they probably went to Gronk and said, hey, last call. Last call. I mean, we really mean this is the last call. Do you want to? Okay, you're retired. All right, let's sign Kyle Rudolph. Now, that doesn't mean Gronk can't come back second half of the season, go into the playoffs. Kyle Rudolph entered the league in 2011. He has 49 touchdowns. The uh, only tight ends with more touchdowns over that time frame are Rob Gronkowski, Jimmy Graham, and Travis Kelsey. Over the last seven seasons, no quarterback has thrown more touchdown passes to tight ends than... Tom Brady has. If you're Tampa and you didn't have Tom Brady, would you be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo? And that would make sense. But... I'm going to guess Tom probably said, uh, hey, I know we have the same agent. I don't think I want Jimmy uh, backing me up. We already did that before. If Tom had stayed retired, I could imagine that Tampa Bay would have been high on that priority list. I guess if you look at Seattle, 
will they trade him within the division? I'm guessing that the Niners will or would to Seattle. Uh, Cleveland, I thought, if Deshaun Watson was going to get an entire season, maybe you bring him in. He's under contract for one year. You're going to play with a really good team. And then maybe, you know, you audition for your next job. But really, you're at the crossroads here because we're going to start looking at Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he a backup quarterback? He's not cheap. Is he still a starting quarterback? And with that shoulder, just how good is he going to be? Yes, Paulie. Chris Sims had his quarterback ranking that came out a month ago. Where would you guess that Chris Sims had Garoppolo ranked? Well, all he does is win. So based off that, you would think he's a pretty highly rated quarterback, at least in the top 15. I'm going to say 29th. Oh, not that bad. He has Garoppolo as the 20th ranked quarterback. Okay. Behind Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, Hmm. Kirk Cousins. All he does is help his team win. How about that? Maybe we modify that. Yes, he. But ultimately, isn't that really what you want him to do, Dan? Yeah. Help your team win. It's odd that for some reason with Jimmy G, it's a negative. But yes, that's what we want him to do. Do we say that about any other quarterback? All he does is win. He doesn't win. He just helps them win. Okay. Kirk Cousins. All he does is help you win. Well, it's a it's a sliding scale somewhere between help you win, help you lose. Okay. Dak Prescott, all he does is win? Who else is on that list of all he does is win? Who hasn't won anything yet? (laughs) That's the other caveat here, that all they do is win, except they haven't won anything yet. Yeah, Of importance. Yes. Yet. Yes, yes. Have the Vikings won a playoff game since Kirk Cousins joined the team? I think they made the playoffs once with him, but I don't even know if they won the playoff game. They made one playoff in his four years with the team. And keep in mind... That it's now come out that his head coach didn't even like him. Mike Zimmer didn't even like Kirk Cousins. So you got a coach who doesn't like you. But now Mike Zimmer's out of there, and now we're going to see the real Kirk D. Cousins take over. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is free to try to negotiate, uh, seek a trade. I don't know who the team is, but this, you know, the discussions have been going on for quite some time because. The Niners knew and Garoppolo knew they'd eventually get to this point where, all right, we're keeping Trey Lance. And uh, and, and that says a lot about Trey Lance, that if you're going to let Garoppolo go, because I would keep him as a $30 million insurance policy with Trey Lance. But I just don't know which team would go Jimmy Garoppolo. Because if you're Garoppolo, you want to go in and you want to play. But at this stage of the season, preseason, what team can you go in unless – it's Seattle because Cleveland Cleveland is getting the feeling that Deshaun Watson's going to be suspended for probably eight games or less. Yeah, Paul. I have a couple teams I'll suggest. And okay. You poo-poo or, poo-poo or don't poo-poo. All right. New segment. Poo-poo. Um, if the Browns find out in the next few days that Deshaun Watson will not play for them this season, would you make a shot at Garoppolo? You have a quality team. Yeah. Yeah. For one year? Yeah, I would. He's an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. Yes. How about this? The Philadelphia Eagles, which a lot of people are... I'd rather have Gardner Minshew. Wow, that's hot take. I, I think Gardner Minshew is vastly underrated. His stats have been very good. I like him a lot. He's not afraid, and, and he's a good story. It's just, it felt like he always you know fell through the cracks there. Yes, uh, Morf? What if you take off his mustache? What if you mm. shave it off? What do you think about him now? Um, would we take him a little bit more seriously? I think it's a fair point. Yeah, Paul. How about this team? The Miami Dolphins. People are down on their quarterback. Last chance. A lot of talent. Young talent under contract. Mm. Jimmy's, he looks like he should be in South Beach, Mm looks-wise. Easy transition, Mm -hmm. looks-wise. And sometimes that's the hardest part is, you know, transitioning into a place where you look like you belong. But Tua, you know, people have said this is his last year. Okay, do you want that? You've already put the pressure on Tua. Do I want to add more pressure by bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo? Who's Miami's backup quarterback? Is it like Chad Henney or somebody? I the same thing. <laughs> Matt Moore? <laughs> yes. <laughs> is it one of those guys that you don't know what they look like? Yes, Todd. Teddy B. 
part of that group. Oh, Teddy is Teddy Bridgewater's backup. Tyler Thompson also listed as a oh, okay, my guy, Teddy Bridgewater. All right, I could see it, but hmm, I'd rather have Teddy Bridgewater who's already there, then bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. You, you've said you, you would rather have Teddy Bridgewater and Gardner <laughs> Minshew than Jimmy Garoppolo the past five minutes. So what do you think of Jimmy Garoppolo? Not much. All he does is win, Paul. Yeah. That's all I know. He's like a, a Rotten Tomatoes review where the public loves it and the reviewers hate him. Well, he looks like a quarterback who would play a quarterback in a movie. And I think we sometimes give credit to somebody like, man, he looks like a man, he's that good-looking quarterback right there. Gotta admit, Jimmy G would look pretty good in the Dolphins. <laughs> oh, gorgeous! Oh, <laughs> gotta admit. Oh, you see him in teal. Oh, those whites. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Popping yeah. candy. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Mark. Speaking of a team that should do throwback uniforms, when they put like the Dan Marino era Ooh. jersey Ooh. on Jimmy G with that number ten just sparkling, I don't think Marino would allow that. Huh? And be like, nope, we're not going to let you try to upstage me with Jimmy G. No. <laughs> He has it in his contract. He yes. might have a better-looking quarterback. You're not allowed to have a better-looking quarterback oh, than me. Didn't know that. I mean, that's why the Dolphins have struggled, you know, because they'll look at a good-looking quarterback and they go, I can't bring him in. It's too good-looking. Yep, too good-looking. Yeah, yeah, Paul. And Dan Marino's hair is underrated, especially early Dan Marino. Really great curls. Yeah. Underrated hair. When he was at Pitt. Oh. Yeah, he had good moss. Yeah. And he still looks good. Yeah. You see him and he's like, damn, that's Dan Marino. It still looks like he's, you know, right out of central casting. Yeah, Paul. Every time we have Dan Reno in studio at the Super Bowl, I'm sitting usually near Seton. Oh, and he does a thing. He goes, hey, dude, that's Dan Marino. <laughs> Dan Marino. Right I know. He says his whole name. Dan Marino. Hey. Sitting right, right there. Right there, yeah. Dan, Dan Marino. Dude, one time we, uh, man, were we in Phoenix, maybe? I forget where, but I went back to the, the hotel and I was having lunch at the hotel bar. And it was one of those like inside outside kind of bars where some people were sitting outside and Dan Marino came like with some other random dude and ate lunch right across the bar from me. And I was like, just sat basically <laughs> staring at him the whole time. Giddy. You're fanboying. Uh, that's, uh, sir, you haven't touched your lunch. Huh? Can you send this drink over to Dan? <laughs> Tell him it's from me. Yes, Mark. The way they feel about Dan Marino is the way I felt about Chris Webber the first time I saw him. My first favorite athlete ever, and I was like, "Man, you were so man. You're really handsome in person too." Man, I wore black socks because of you I, and I wore baggy, baggy <laughs> shorts just like for you. Yeah. Yeah. I loved Michigan as a yeah. Oh. Hi, Chris. <laughs> yes, Paul. Remember the uh, the Miami Super Bowl when we were at the beach, and all of a sudden this big black SUV pulls up. And the door opens up, and there, a man gets out with blonde hair, very tan, black shirt, black shoes, black glasses, and it was Trey Aikman. I turn oh. to see, and I go, "Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne!" You yeah. know, we're like, <laughs> he, he came out of the truck. Yeah, it was yeah, great. like Johnny Cash just pulled up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, uh, Doug in uh, North Carolina. Hi, Doug. What's on your mind today? Well, I'm, can you explain something to me? I was always under the impression if you're a general manager of a team. That and you want to you want to make a trade? I would call you up and uh, I'd say, Dan, I'll give you this guy for that guy. And if we agreed, we'd call the commissioner's office. But with Jimmy and before that with Tyreek Hill, the verbiage has been the team has given the agent permission to seek a trade. So I'm, how does that work? Are they given parameters of what they want in return and what teams they can deal with? I, I'm a little confused by this language. Um, I I think what you're trying to do is. Give the team options. So you go out, and this way you can say to Jimmy Garoppolo or his agent, where do you want to go? Now bring us back an offer. And instead of, now normally a team shops a player, but unless they're empowering Jimmy and uh, Don Yee, his agent, to go, tell us where you want to go. We appreciate everything you've done for us. And then come back and see, let's see if we can make a deal. So I think they're trying to give him a a, um, a landing spot. You know, go back to what happened with the Patriots. Belichick reportedly didn't want him to go to the Cleveland Browns because he didn't like the Browns organization. He had coached there, didn't trust the Browns, loved Jimmy G. Then he gets hold of Kyle Shanahan, and he basically hand-delivers Jimmy G to Kyle Shanahan, knowing that Shanahan 
great offensive mind. Jimmy G will be in good hands there. And they got a second-round draft pick for him. I don't know if you can get a second-round draft pick. I know there was talk earlier uh, in the summer that you know they were looking for a couple of second-round draft picks. And I thought, you're going to be lucky to get one second-round draft pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. And you're coming off shoulder surgery. But I guess you're trying to do what's best for him. But also, it eventually comes back to the Niners going, um, that's not good enough. Or we need more for you. Uh, let's see. Uh, Andrea in New Jersey. Hi, Andrea. I hope I answered your question, Doug. Uh, hi, Andrea. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. And happy Meat Friday Eve to mm. the Danettes and mm. the BRGs. Mm. And, of course, a giant shout-out to Chat Row. Yeah. Uh, two thoughts, Dan. First, as a lifelong Niners fan, i got to admit I'm a bit torn about this whole Jimmy G news. Yeah. I really like the guy. But I also really worry about a QB who runs so much. It's, it's really the same reason I soured on cap. A QB is supposed to throw and then occasionally scramble and not constantly run. And that's how the injuries pile up. So I'm kind of torn on that. Well, I also thought Jimmy G felt a little fragile, that he would get nicked up a lot. But he's not a runner like Kaepernick's a runner. But here's the problem with a quarterback who's not necessarily a runner but gets hit. You, he doesn't avoid the hits. You know, quarter, There's nothing wrong with going down in the fetal position. It used to be in the old days where you got to stand in there and take it like a man. Okay. When you're picking up your teeth, uh, you know, then you're going, ah, maybe not. I'd rather not. Yeah. Like Peyton Manning would just go down in a fetal position. That's okay. Brady would do that. Uh, Brett Favre went down in a fetal position when Michael Strahan, you know, broke the uh, all-time record. That's what concerns me about Josh Allen. There are certain times when you go, don't take on these defensive players. I understand if there's a moment in the playoffs, if there's a run, you're going to extend a play, extend a drive. I get all that. But I don't, I don't look at Jimmy G as a runner. You know, sometimes what you do is you go through your progressions, and then you just bring the ball down, and maybe you don't go through all your progressions because you get happy feet back there. And Steve Young brought this up to me uh, 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. He would go back to pass. He would look one way. That's it. He'd take off and run. And he said he learned how to become, become a Hall of Fame quarterback because he would go through his progressions, and therefore he wasn't running as much, but he was completing almost 70% of his passes. And that's what you want these young quarterbacks to understand. Run when you need to. Slide when you need to. Run out of bounds when you need to. Go in a fetal position instead of taking a hard sack. You got It's self-preservation there. And a lot of these quarterbacks, you know, Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck, he won, if, if he threw a pick, he wanted to tackle you. He wanted contact. Yeah, I'm pulling. Josh Allen last year is actually running more. He had 122 rushing attempts, yeah. and uh, he ran for six yards a carry. He had six touchdowns. He ran for, Josh Allen ran for 763 yards. Quietly oh. ran for 700 yards. Yeah, and he's a, people consider him a classic drop-back passer. There's no, I don't know if there's ever been a guy like that who's both the big-armed, huge pocket guy, also could run for 800 yards. Well, Randall Cunningham wasn't a pocket guy, had the strongest arm in the league, and was a brilliant, great runner. But, you know, Josh Allen is more of the the quintessential pocket quarterback. But it feels like, you know, Justin Herbert has that ability to be able to run. But, man, I'm sure the Chargers caution him of pick your moments and slide. These guys who don't know how to slide or don't slide or slide late, just look at Brady. That, that's all. I mean, Brady will get contact on a, a quarterback sneak, but that's about it. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with throwing it away because we get caught up in the stats. You know, what's my completion percentage? What's my QBR? Yes, yeah, Those Josh Allen running numbers, that's like almost top 10 all time by a quarterback. That's like up there with like Cam and Lamar and Michael Vick and – 
you know, big names like that you think of run first. Yeah. Yeah, Paulie. Yeah, he, Seton's right. When you get out of that 600-yard mark, that doesn't happen that often, especially with guys that, you know, not pure runners like Vic. I'm okay with Lamar Jackson rushing for 1,000 yards. I would prefer that Josh Allen is not rushing for 800 yards. Like, they're winning, but that's long-term. I mean, short-term, hey, we're winning. I got to think about a 10-year period here with Josh Allen. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. We're gonna- All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, or you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or Rent Frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, turns out, nope. I was wrong because then I tried right brand bacon and honestly, I was speechless. And you know, it takes a lot to get me speechless, Polly, but it was mind blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job. And I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick cut, flip your whole world upside down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Of uh, Tiger Woods caddy Joe LaCava on. And Paulie goes, Well, can we ask some caddy questions? Yeah. I mean, Joe is a reasonable man. He's an expert. 
What do you uh, What do you want to ask Joe? Here's one. I'm just fascinated by little things with caddies. Okay. For most pro caddies, do they pick a shoulder and always carry the bag on that shoulder for like all 18 holes? Or do they switch from hole to hole? Wait, to... wait. Of all the questions you could ask Tiger Woods' caddy. I love the minutia. Is it, do you pick a shoulder and stick with it, or do you try to balance it out, and how does that process work? All right, I'll ask Joe here in a minute. Todd, do you have a question, caddy question? I do. If he ever had a second-guess himself on a big shot where he's agonizing over which club, and then finally he goes with the one, convinces Tiger or whoever he's worked with over the okay. years, and then all of a sudden at the last minute he's like, oh, I should have given him a different club. Why don't oh, I give him that one? okay. All right. Seaton. When a player doesn't make the cut, what is the uh, like balance between bad advice or poor execution? Ooh, ooh. like so the like, the, no, like the I ratio t- of blame. Yeah, like I t- if, if from the caddy's perspective, like I told you the right club, you just hit it poorly, oh, or wow. okay, was right. it the wrong club? All right, Marv, what's your biggest purchase with your caddy winnings? Oh, okay, all right. Uh, let's bring in Joe Lacava, the uh, Tiger Woods caddy. Uh, where, where do you want to start, Joe? You tell me. I'll, st- I'll start with the uh, right shoulder, left shoulder. Thing. Okay, so Paulie wanted to know, do you carry the bag on the right shoulder, left shoulder, or does it matter? Well, for me, I'm right-handed, so I do everything right-handed. I don't think I could carry the bag from here to my front door left-handed. Okay. So there's a quick story behind that. So my best friend, Bones, was one of the first guys to go double strap. And he told me for years and years and years, you got to go double strap. And for years and years, I denied it. I just wouldn't do it. It just looked funny to me. It felt funky the whole nine yards. And then I think when I got to Tiger's bag later on, I was getting older, obviously. And Tiger was encouraging me the same thing. You got to go double strap, double strap. It looks easier. It's, it maybe look awkward at first, but you'll be fine to get used to the whole nine yards. So finally, in 2018, Tiger actually showed up in Philadelphia, third leg of the playoffs, at Aronimic with a double strap on. He got it himself. <laughs> And he actually hooked it up to the bag. So I said, oh, man, now I got to give it a go. So I give it a go on Tuesday. We play a nine-hole practice round with Rory. It's very uncomfortable. I can't stand the thing. Wednesday Pro-Am, same thing. I'm struggling with this thing. I'm dropping the towel because now it's behind me. I can't really see anything. I'm afraid a club's going to fall out the whole nine yards. So I'm aggravated. But I figured I got to suck it up and do it for the entire week. We get to Thursday. Tiger shoots, I think, 62 or 63. He's either in the lead or one off the lead. Played great. Never missed a shot. So now when Tiger plays well, obviously I get a million texts. One of the texts I get is from my son, Joe, who I, we had just gone to James Madison maybe a month ago. He went down in the middle of August, is the middle of September. And we hadn't heard from him since in a month. I think I maybe got one text from him. So finally I'm going through my texts and I see my kid's name. And I'm so excited that he texts me. I'm thinking to myself, he either watched the golf, heard about the score, saw some highlights the whole nine yards. So I go down, scroll down, see my kid's name. I scroll down, read the text. And all I get is double strap question mark soft exclamation mark. <laughs> so there's there's your strap and there's your right and left shoulder okay um that what do you have seaton when tiger misses the cut what's the ratio of blame for tiger execution or you in the role that you played you know when we miss the cut which isn't often thank god with tiger and fred over the years um I, you know I'm one of those guys, I'm the first guy to say I've never hit a chip, I've never made a putt, I've never hit a drive, so all the credit goes to the player. However, when things go bad or south and we miss the cut, on that Friday night, I'll go over and over and over the stuff that happened for 36 holes that I might have been able to do better. I always put more of the blame on myself because as a caddy, you just feel so awful that you missed the cut and there's no worse feeling in the world on Friday night. And, Fritzy, you were saying that, uh, do you second-guess yourself? Have, has Tiger been in the middle of a swing and you think to yourself, oh, I should have said seven <laughs> instead of eight? Well, sometimes when you see a flyer come out of the rough and you're trying to gauge how fast it's going to come out, and as soon as he makes contact, you're like, oh, my God, please get down. That's like in the next county kind of thing. So you do have that out of the rough when you're kind of guessing as what it is, and I make plenty of mistakes. Uh, i got to go back to my Fred Couples days. We were playing the 71st hole of the Canadian Open at Glen Abbey, the 17th hole. It's a very long green, pins all the way in the back. We're going back and forth, seven iron, eight iron, seven iron, eight iron, seven. And I'm thinking to myself, let's get it back to, let's make a birdie, let's win this golf tournament. So I talk him into a seven iron. He one hops it into the back bunker. Now, of course, you're feeling awful. And <laughs> as it always goes with the caddies, when you make a mistake, they can never get the ball up and down. To Fred's credit, he had a beautiful bunker shot to about seven, eight feet, and of course, missed the putt. Goes on to birdie 18, and we missed the playoff by one shot. That was in the middle of the 90s, and I think about that every day. Every day? 
Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that just, you know, I mean, I make a lot of mistakes. Don't get me wrong, but that was one I felt like really actually cost my guy at least a shot at the tournament. If he makes par there, worst case scenario, he's in a playoff. If he makes birdie there and birdie's 18 and he wins it outright. So that one stuck with me for a long time, still does. Clubs have to stay with you at all times that, that it's your job to get it from the course back and then, you know, hotel back to the course every single day? For, for 20 years, yes, with Fred. Um, the last 10 years with Tiger, they have club storage at these places, but he does not leave his clubs there because if there's 156 sets of clubs in club storage, who are the, who's the ones you're going to mess around with? Tigers, obviously. So we take them every day. Normally, I'll just load them into his trunk, and then he hikes them up to the hotel or the house that he's staying at. But they stay with him all the time. Back in the Fred days, if I went to play golf, I'd actually use his clubs. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you taken inventory of Tiger's clubs and something's been missing? Um, no, not really, but I'm a fanatic. Like I'll go on the first tee and he'll look at me like, really? Like I'll count the clubs four or five different times just to make sure there's 14 in there. And I'm always peeking in the bottom to make sure Charlie didn't leave one in there because a lot of times they'll play golf together. Not so much now because he's gotten older and bigger, but those little clubs get stuck down in there. You never know what might happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, that happened. Didn't Ian Woosnam try to take a club out? He had two drivers in the bag at a major and they tried to like disregard it on the first tee. What's funny you say that because it happened at the British Open. And, you know, most guys, obviously, it's usually an extra wedge. It's usually if you have an extra club, it's usually an extra wedge. Maybe a putter because sometimes you don't always see the putter with the, put, with the head covers going on. But to have two drivers in there and not notice that, ooh, that's a big blunder. Um, I, I tell people all the time, and I'll tell this on the air, if there's 15 clubs in there and I notice it on the third tee, I'm going to pretend like I'm going to take a leak with the bag and I'm going to get rid of that <laughs> club in the weeds and no one's going to know about it. Trust me. <laughs> He's Tiger Woods caddy, Joe LaCava. I, does it, it is it weird though? Like, when did you get to the point where you go, I, I'm Tiger Woods caddy? Like, how does that um, work? You get the phone call because you've caddied for a lot of great people. You mentioned Freddie Couples, but now all of a sudden, here's the second half of Tiger's career and he's putting it in your hands. Yeah, it, that's a great question, too. You know, I guess being around these guys, you know, you're really not in awe of the guys. And I have a little bit of a reputation as being very tough on my guys. Like, unless it's a very spectacular shot, I won't give them any credit at all. Like, I have very, very high expectations. And I think the guys know that. And I think actually Tiger appreciates that because he doesn't want a cheerleader out there. But I'm kind of rambling on. I mean, it was a great phone call to get from Tiger and the fact that he was interested in me. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, 10 years later, I'm, I understand I'm on the back half of the career the whole nine yards. But I was around when he... You know, we tied Jack Nicklaus in career victories at the Memorial, happened to be his tournament. And then when he tied Sam Snead and stuff like that, and obviously the Masters in 19. So a lot of special moments. Um, he treats me, you know, the greatest thing about Tiger is he treats me like a friend and a buddy. I understand that I work for him and I get that and I get that relationship part of it, but I'm more like a friend than an employee to him, which is fantastic. When's the last time you got yelled at by Tiger? You know, I can honestly say I've probably worked 110, 115 tournaments. Uh, he's never yelled at me once, not on the golf course. He may give me, maybe give grief if I, if my teams beat his teams, but that's the only time he gives me grief. He's the easiest guy in the world to work for. Takes ownership of everything. When you're walking up 18, or you're letting Tiger walk up 18 at the Open Championship, you know it's been a struggle. You've seen it firsthand. What is your role? And then you got to get Tiger kind of back into the moment here of, you know, let's finish this off in style. Yeah, well, my, my first point is to stay the right or stay behind and let him enjoy the moment. You know, he, he appreciated that moment um, a bunch. You know, he, he gets the history of golf. He loves St. Andrews. He loves everything about the golf tournament. Um, the fact that he won there twice, the home of golf, the whole nine yards. I mean, part of him obviously is very disappointed the way he played. He's nine over par. That's not the way he wants to finish up on Friday afternoon. He'd prefer it to be Sunday afternoon in contention. I get that part of it. But he's, he's smart enough, and now he's old enough and wise enough to appreciate the moment, the standing ovation on both sides, the whole nine yards, give him the, the tip of the hat over the bridge. It was a phenomenal moment. Um, you know, like I said, it would be one thing if we're trying to make the cut. Yeah, you got to get back there, and you don't want to embarrass yourself. He had a good chip with a four and up there about three and a half, four feet, and then obviously you're hoping he makes the cut, which he doesn't. But it didn't ruin the moment. I thought it was a fantastic moment for him in golf. When did you realize that you weren't going to be competitive at the Open Championship? Um, well, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things where we just never got anything going the first day. Um, it wasn't like he played poorly. Obviously, he made double on the first hole, hitting the divot. No excuse. He's hitting divots before. Um, but the putting just didn't seem to be. The short game wasn't quite there. I think he's working so hard to get stronger and healthier 
know, he's working on his long game. He's working on his endurance. And I just think the short game has been neglected a little bit at this point, and that showed over there. Um, but you never give up. You know, we're sitting there six over par on the first tee to second day. You're still thinking you can shoot six under par and make the cut. You know, the putt's going to be even par. Um, so you're still optimistic. But then we got to the turn at, you know, seven or eight over. You knew it was over. So you just try to enjoy the last nine holes. What role do you play? You find out Tiger's been in a life-threatening car accident. What's the first thing that you do when you hear that news? Uh, well, the first thing I do is try to reach out to him and you know the people around him. Um, I did want to go visit him in the hospital in L.A., and they said no. It was the height of the virus, so they said you know the, the hospitals don't want any extra people and so on and so forth. So I was communicating pretty much with him every other day, and after the first two or three days, he was communicating pretty back and forth with me pretty regularly. Um, so I just stayed in touch with him, and then my wife and I went down, I think, in April, a couple months after the fact, just to go down there with friends and let him know. He's still got a great friend in, in ourselves, and we're supporting him through and through, regardless of what happens with the golf. We just wanted to make sure that he knew he had a friend around. Um, and then for the rest of that year, same kind of thing. Went down there and visited him a couple more times and just wanted to know that we're in his corner, whatever happens or doesn't happen. But the mental aspect of this, because you can't do anything physically for him, but mentally that role that you're playing, um, how would you describe that? Well, it's, if, again, it goes back to the friendship thing. I want him to know he's got a friend regardless. And I'm not leaving anytime soon. You know, I want him to know that I have faith in him. The good news about Tiger is he actually likes the rehab aspect, but he likes to be in the gym, and that's what he likes to do. So he's got a good attitude in that respect. And, you know, there's, there's obviously some dark days when things aren't going well. Yeah, maybe as a setback or two. Um, and, I, and I told him, I said, anytime you want me to come down, we'll go fishing or whatever. We'll go hang out, or I'll go watch Charlie play golf the whole nine yards, or I'll go watch Sam play soccer. I just want to be there as a friend and support him that way. And then mentally, you just got to get in his grill. And even when he was coming back from the back injuries and stuff, he lost some confidence in his game. So it's all about building up his confidence again and letting him know that he's the best player in the world. Did you have to get approval from Tiger to do this interview? No, I never even asked him, to be honest with you. Okay. you know, I just figured, you know, he, he knows you and he loves you, the show and stuff like that. And he knows you weren't going to throw me under the bus or anything. So it's all good. What do you get when he wins Augusta? Well, I get a nice check. Um, and then, you know, as a caddy, we take the flag off of 18. That's kind of like our souvenir, which is fantastic for us. And when Fred won it in 92, I said, you know what? I'm going to try something different here and take the entire flag and stick. And I did the same thing in 19 when Tiger won. So I have two of those sticks along with two of the flags. Where are they? You get a nice paycheck. Are they in there? They're, they're, uh, yeah, they're in the room. Can we, uh, can we see them? Sure. You want to grab that one in the closet? Oh. Actually, I, I think I have the, the, I have the tiger flag, the flag part in the safe deposit box in case somebody, in case the house burns <laughs> down, which could happen. Oh, um, wow. But I got the, the Fred one right here. I'll show it to you. Okay. If you can get it on the computer. All right. So here's the flag part of it. But Freddie didn't want that. And here's the stick. He didn't have any choice. <laughs> I got news for you. <laughs> what? And I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick funny story. So this is 92 when I was actually a little bit younger. So I'm walking off 18 and the scoring tent at that time was right behind the green. And I'm so jacked up. So I'm coming off the green and they have Pinkerton as security there. And a Pinkerton guy comes up to me, goes, you can't have that as private property. And I'm like, I'm just baffled that he would say that to me. And I understand he's doing his job. And I said, I'll tell you what, if you can get it from me, you can have it. <laughs> but I was so jacked up at the time. So anyways, I kept two of these. And actually, Fred Ridley was kind enough to send me a nice picture of Tiger and I on 18 mounted in a nice frame. So they've been very good to me in, in, when the two times that my guys have won there. What's the most interesting thing in Tiger's bag aside from the clubs? Wow, that's a good question. Um, nothing really too interesting. I mean, he used, people don't realize that he uses the small tees. You know, today's driver's heads are so big, he uses the small ones. Not that that's anything unusual. Um, I always have a couple of peanut butter and banana sandwiches on pumpernickel. That's a little <laughs> different. Um, and other than that, really nothing unusual. What do you do now leading up to the Masters? Between now and the Masters? Yeah. I'll probably play a lot of mediocre golf. Um, but what do you do with Tiger? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I think, what am I going to do? In Nobody the cares about what you're doing, Joe. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that he will play maybe in the, in December at the hero and, and, and the father son, um, and maybe the tennis. I'm still hoping it's three, maybe four terms before the masters. Well, I, I won't do much. I'll do the same thing. Listen, I'll say tiger. Listen, 
if you're starting to feel better, you know, maybe October, November, maybe I'll come down for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. We'll hang out. We don't have to play every day. I don't have to practice every day. I'll be, I'll be there and maybe give you a little motivation. We'll go down there and play and practice a little bit here and there and maybe get ready for the hero to get ready for following year 23 and get him ready in, a, in any, any respect that he needs. If I said that the pro had to play with his caddy and his caddy's score counted, <laughs> if you were going to handicap, who would be the best pair on tour? Wow, great question. I know Max Holmes' caddy is very good, and I obviously Max a heck of a player. I think Scotty Scheffler and uh, Teddy would make a good twosome, and I think JT and Bones would, would round out the top three that I can think of. I know a lot of these kids that don't even know that well are good young players. Um, if we had a scramble, I think Tiger and I might have a shot, but if it was counting our own ball, I have no chance with Tiger, no matter how good he played. Joe, great to talk to you, and enjoy the offseason. Maybe we'll uh, cross paths backstage at uh, some concert there. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. My best to your family. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Dan. That's uh, Joe LaCava, Tiger Woods caddy. I've seen him backstage at uh, some Darius Rucker, Hootie and the Blowfish uh, concerts there. But understanding what your role is. And, and Bones was Phil Mickelson's. Jim McKay was, you know, Phil's caddy. And now he's with uh, Justin Thomas. But they don't win championships. They don't win majors. Remember when Steve Williams came out? And it's like, hey, we won all these majors when he was with Tiger. And I asked Bones, I said, how many majors have you won? He goes, none. I'm just the caddy. But Stevie Williams was like, hey, no, we do this as a team. I'm guessing Tiger could have won a couple of majors if I was caddying for him. I'm just guessing. As long as I could carry the bag. I'd had one of those electric carts where you just kind of push it. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. That was fun. I appreciate Joe uh, joining us. I texted him right after, you know, probably not the best timing. So Tiger misses the cut at the Open Championship. I wait an hour. I go, very emotional, uh, you know, but still wonderful to see. Love to have you on the show. And then I didn't hear from him. And then all of a sudden, he's like, what day do you, do you want me? I said, how about Thursday? He said, all right, sounds good. Yeah, Paul. That does seem like one of those jobs where I would not do a lot of interviews if I was in that role. Yeah, you got to be careful because Fluff, who was Tiger's caddy, um, and Stevie Williams, you got to be careful what you say publicly because all of a sudden, you know, Fluff talking in an interview and then Tiger, Tiger fired him. And then you got Stevie Williams, and it felt like Stevie, you know, you get out over your skis there. Joe was with Fred Couples. Joe is a veteran. Joe knows what you do and you don't do. Uh, and, you know, same with Bones, who's now with uh, Justin Thomas. Like, it's, what do they say? It's show up, keep up, and shut up. That's, that's the role of the caddy. Noted. Yes. I, uh, I caddied for Peter Jacobs in the par three at uh, the Masters. And uh, I said, what do I need to know? He said, show up, keep up, and shut up. I said, I can do that. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. 
You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.